The impeachment inquiry continues on, and President Trump does not help himself on Friday. The a huge ruling uh, for uh, by a judge that gives Trump a big win. Of course, you don't hear much about it. And Colin Kaepernick is getting another chance uh, to join the NFL, and he completely screws it up. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, you may have noticed that I did t- pretty much took the weekend off. Uh, I decided to not to do a podcast on Friday, and then I skipped it Saturday, and I skipped it Sunday. I'm actually been feeling kind of under the weather. I'm still kind of feeling under the weather, but oh my gosh, I'm picking the like the worst time to actually not do these podcasts. Uh, I've actually got this week's podcast pretty much set up, so um, that was. Uh, That was kind of a mistake, and I'm falling behind. But the first thing we need to do, let's talk about this. uh, Let's talk about this uh, impeachment inquiry again. So there were two witnesses uh, last week on Friday. Uh, One was the former ambassador to Ukraine, Maria Yovanovitch. She went in front of the House Intel Committee, and uh, this interview, this. Review this comment pretty much tells you what you need to know about this di- this witness. There are a number of events you are investigating to which I cannot bring any firsthand knowledge. Were you involved in the July 25th Trump Zelensky phone call or preparations for the call? No, I was not. Were you involved in the deliberations about the pause in military sales to Ukraine? Um, no, I was not. No, I was not. Did you ever talk to President Trump in 2019? No, I have not. Mick Mulvaney? No, I have not. Thank you, Ambassador. Uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, what the ambassador is doing here today. That was Devin Nunez. Um, And you know what, Devin? You're not the only one. No one knows what she's doing there. This gal was the ambassador for for Ukraine since 2016. President Trump fired her and because President Trump didn't like her. Supposedly, it was certain rumors that were being spread by Rudy Giuliani. So she seems to be think that this is a hit piece, that Rudy Giuliani was talking garbage about her. The president didn't like her because of that, of the rumors. And she was called back from Ukraine and unceremoniously fired. Just that's just how Trump does things. Uh surprisingly um she was not she was not a trump pick she was an obama pick they didn't care for zelensky the president of ukraine did not like her and he fired her he doesn't trump does not need any reason to fire her she did he did and that's it rumor has it she was complaining about uh about uh trump she wasn't very sympathetic to trump she wasn't a, well, right now she probably is. She wasn't necessarily a never-Trumper, but she didn't particularly like him. She didn't like his policies in Ukraine. Again, the policies in Ukraine are not up to her. It is up to the president. She complained about the policies. She said they didn't go far enough. Uh, under cross-examination by the Republicans, uh, they pointed out that Trump has done more for Ukraine than President Obama or President Bush combined, so he they're not really sure what she's complaining about. And she did admit, admit that. Um, 
But that's all the the Democrats had there, which was nothing. Uh, Republicans, she pointed out, the Repu- the Republicans just pointed out that Ivanovich was fired, and that's it. And the only thing the Democrats kept doing is how mean Trump was to her during the forty-five minute during the forty-five minute interview of the Democrats. They asked her about ten times how she felt because she felt like she had been rejected. She felt like she'd been thrown away. She didn't think it was fair. I, who cares? So what? You got fired. Get over it. Trump fires lots of people. He fires people. I thought. What happened to, um, uh, oh, I can't even remember his name, but I, I see, well, but what happened to Bolton, I thought was terrible. John Bolton's a great advisor, and they got rid of him unceremoniously. Jeff Sessions, great, uh, a great guy, and they got rid of him unceremoniously. So what? What makes her any different? Um, again, this is, this what you heard from Nunes is pretty much what you heard in the entire Republican testimony. Another one. Another one. This one was by Chris Stewart, a Utah Republican. He pointed out, uh, I would now feel compelled to ask you, Madam Amb- Ambassador, as you sit here before us, very simply and directly, do you have any information regarding the President of the United States accepting bribes? Yovanovitch? No. Stewart, do you have any information regarding criminal activity that the President of the United States has been involved in? Yovanovitch, no. What was she there for? She was actually fired well before the Trump-Zelensky phone call. As a matter of fact, Zelensky was just, was just elected. He fired her before she, he, I think she fired, he, she fired her in May and Zelensky was actually nominated in uh, May. So there, there was nothing there, but see, here's the big problem. This is all craziness and who can out crazy each other? The Democrats so far look really bad in this, this, this whole deal. So far, they have not put one star witness out. It was she compelling? Not really. Fox News, again, they said, well, she's a sympathetic witness. That's She's a sympathetic witness, but she's not factual. She had no facts. She had opinions about his policy. And by the way, if she doesn't like the policy for, for Ukraine, run in 2020, and if you win, you can create your own Ukrainian policy. She, But she's not there. Here's the problem with the Democrats looking so bad. You got Donald Trump that just gotta gotta get crazy, gotta go crazy. Someone needs to take his iPhone away from him so that he cannot tweet because he actually hurts himself. Now, I don't think this is necessarily bad, but the Democrats are going to make it bad and the, and the news media is going to make it bad. So here's what he tweeted during her Yovanovitch's uh, testimony. Quote, wherever Marie, everywhere Marie Yovanovitch turned, went, turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Then fast forward to Ukraine, where the new Ukrainian president spoke unfavorably about her in my second phone call with him. It is the U.S. president's absolute right to appoint ambassadors. On a second tweet, a few minutes later, quote, they call it serving at the pleasure of the president. 
The U.S. now has a very strong and powerful foreign policy, much different than the preceding administrations. It is called, quite simply, America First. With all that, however, I, am, I have done far more for Ukraine than O, which is Obama. Mr. President, with all due respect, shut the F up. Stop talking. Stop talking. Because the Democrats, especially Adam, I don't give a shift, will do anything to make you look bad. And he sure did. Listen to what Adam Schiff said. Mr. Coleman, if I could follow up on that question, it seems like an appropriate time. Um, Master Ivanovich, uh, as we sit here testifying, the president is attacking you on Twitter. Um, and I'd like to give you a chance to respond. I'll read part of one of his tweets. Everywhere Marie Ivanovich went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Uh, he goes on to say, uh, later in the tweet, is a U.S. president's absolute right to appoint ambassadors. First of all, Ambassador Ivanovich, the Senate has a chance to confirm or deny an ambassador, do they not? Yes, advise and consent. But would you like to respond to the president's attack that everywhere you went turned bad? Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have such powers, uh, not in Mogadishu, Somalia, Somalia, not in other places. I actually think that um, where I've served over the years, um, I and others have demonstrably um, made things better, you know, for the U.S. as well as for the countries uh, that I've served in. Ambassador, um, you've shown the courage to come forward today and testify. Notwithstanding the fact you were urged by the White House or State Department not to, notwithstanding the fact that, as you testified earlier, the President implicitly threatened you in that call record, and now the President in real time is attacking you, what effect do you think that has on other witnesses' willingness to come forward and expose wrongdoing? Well, uh, it's very intimidating. It's designed to intimidate, is it not? I, I mean, I can't speak to what the president is trying to do, but I think the effect is to be intimidating. Well, I want to let you know, Ambassador, that some of us here take witness intimidation very, very seriously. Uh, Mr. Goldman. Crap. Absolute crap in every sense of the word. First off, no, Mr. No, Mr. President. She had nothing to do with the mess in the Ukraine or the mess in Somalia. It wasn't like Marie, you, you, the Somalia and Ukraine were havens, Disneyland for the living and stuff. It, and then Marie Yovanovitch went over there and suddenly they went straight to hell. They were, they were crap holes in the first place. So it's no, it's not her fault. And no, you don't need to say anything. Just be quiet he was working that day. He didn't need to even deal with this stuff. He does not need to insult people. This is where he needs to understand, stop being crazy. Because let the Democrats be crazy. The other thing is, she's full of crap. So's Adam Schiff. This woman was in Somalia, 
dealing in Somalia, Mogadishu. This woman was in Ukraine, the most corrupt country in the world. You mean to tell me you're going? she's going to be intimidated by a tweet? This woman is tough as nails. And not to mention, she's already testified. All these people have already testified. So the, the whole thing about she's being put upon is BS. Now, I know that clip was a little bit longer, but... Then the next guy was, um, I, I didn't watch him because I was just, I, I, I was really bored. These just were not fun to watch. Uh, was David Holm, a political counsel for the U.S. Embassy in Crane, Ukraine. Again, he really had nothing, but he said he had overheard Gordon Sundland, the ambassador to the EU, talk to Trump on the phone about the investigations. That's it. That's all, that's all he said. He wasn't in the room again, wasn't there. All he said is that Trump was talking to Sunland and he had overheard the conversation. Um, now, let's, before we begin, this sounds pretty shady right off the bat because Sunland said they were in a crowded restaurant when he received a phone call on an unsecured line and he just decided to start talking to the president. So I'm questioning whether this is BS or not. I haven't seen, again, I haven't seen it, but this is going to make uh, Gordon Sunland very interesting, and he's supposed to testify on Wednesday because he is, he does have firsthand knowledge of uh, conversations with President Trump, and he was there during the phone call. So, but supposedly Sunland, just to, to let it out, Sunland had told the president that Zelensky loved his ass and the investigations were all but assured. Um... Uh, this probably is not going to be the most exciting interview on Wednesday with Sunland because, first off, I, I again, I don't believe this. It really sounds kind of weird. Uh, second, even if Sunland testifies, he can use pres presidential privilege. He doesn't have to testify to what he says to the president or what the president says to him. Uh, and Sunland does like the president, so he's not a never-Trumper. So... Finally, what was the investigation? Because he, he didn't make that clear. Was it an investigation into Biden? Was it just an investigation into corruption? That was never really brought up. They just were talking about investigations. And that's the problem you have when you deal with... Um, that's the problem you have when you're dealing with third-party information or, or you know, what do they call that? Um, conjecture. It's very difficult to get a straight answer about anything. So, and, and you know, I got another question here. Since when has Ukraine been so important? I, I don't understand why the president's policies on Ukraine are so attacked and they're so important to national American national security. Why are they important in American national security? They are, yes, they're keeping the Soviets at bay, sort of. But they just got Crimea took away. So I'm not exactly sure why they're such our allies. I, I don't get I don't get the whole thing. So yeah, we'll have to go over that maybe later. Maybe someone can educate me on that. Finally, the courts seem to have made a, the right decision. This is this is a story. It's been I think it's been around for about two years now. There was uh, the daughter of a Yemeni diplomat named Hoda. Muthana. She decided she was born in the United States, 
uh, in New Jersey. And she decided while in the United States, while her, fa- her father was working as a diplomat, she decided to join ISIS. Okay. What a shock, right? Well, uh, she was married three times, had a bunch of kids, and um, apparently all three husbands, all three husbands were killed during the war. It really sucks over there. And she realized, I really don't want to be here anymore. Now, to tell you, this woman is a terrorist. This woman is a terrorist. She actually was sending out, while in Syria, she was tweeting, uh, telling, encouraging terrorist activities in the United States. One of them, the most famous one is, go on drive-bys and spill their blood. I mean, she sounds like a sweetheart, huh? So now she's unhappy in Syria. Um, She can't seem to keep married because we keep killing them all. And she wants to come back to the United States. Well, here's a problem. The Trump administration decided, no, you're not coming back to the United States. Not because she's a terrorist, okay, but she's not a U.S. citizen. Where are we going with that? Because she was the daughter of a diplomat and she was born here during his work, the Trump administration argued that she cannot be a U.S. citizen. She is a citizen of Yemen. That's where her father is stationed. That's where his father works. That's where they live. So she is actually a Yemeni citizen. She's not an American citizen, which makes all sorts of sense. I mean, that does make sense. If I'm born to diplomats or if I'm born to a U.S. soldier, if me and my girlfriend are in a foreign country, we're both Americans, and we have a child, that child is still considered an American. You can have dual citizenship. Well, technically you can't, but uh, I can have dual citizenship, but the reality is I am an American citizen. Uh, So they fought it, and uh, she lost in court. So she's stuck. She's going to have to stay in Syria. And I hope she, and I'm thrilled about it. And she deserves it. She's a rotten, no good, garbage terrorist piece of crap. Either that or she'll have to go over to, uh, not to, she'll have to go to Yemen if she can get out of there. So I hope she likes sand and goats because that's what she's going to be sucking in for the next, uh, for the rest of her life. Good riddance and F you. The last story is about Colin Kaepernick. Yes, he's in the news again. I mean, this guy, for a guy who doesn't have a job, he's constantly in the news, and people like Nike continually give this guy, um, give this guy money for whatever reason. But what happened was the NFL finally said, okay, we're going to give you a tryout. So what ended up happening is the NFL said, okay, we're going to have this at the Atlanta Falcons practice facility. And needless to say, all 32 NFL teams were invited. 25 actually decided to go watch him. Okay. And and that's normal. You'd think that. Okay. He's, the guy's been out of football for three years. So 25 were going to go see him. Uh, there were going to be, there was going to be no press allowed. They would be taking video. But uh, they just, they didn't want a big thing. 
they didn't want a big spectacle or anything like that. So it was just going to be him, uh, the NFL videographers, and him doing a tryout. Okay? Sounds good, right? Well, <clears throat> Colin Kaepernick, he doesn't want to play in the NFL. He does not want to play in the NFL. The first thing he refused to do, he a half hour before the tryout, he said he's changing. Um, he said he's changing venues. He ended up having it at a high school. Well, needless to say, the twenty-five teams were not long, no longer twenty-five. They went down to about eleven. Then he was supposed to sign a uh, an agreement, a, a agreement about um, a liability agreement, standard liability agreement. That's if he gets injured. He can't sue and things like that. I, I mean, he's just basically throwing a ball. I don't know how he's going to get injured. If he's getting injured, he shouldn't be playing in the NFL. He refused to sign the liability agreement. So, the NFL, they busted their chops trying to have him do the bloody tryout. They're trying to give this guy every opportunity he wants, but he keeps screwing it up. Here's the reality. Why would a team want this guy? He is a troublemaker. Teams do not need the negative coverage. Unless the team really sucks, they are not going to take him. They don't need the negative coverage. And what's worse, his performance was bad. His He had arm strength. He absolutely had arm strength. He looked good. He was still fast. Okay. But he wasn't accurate. He threw behind. Uh, he, so, so, which, by the way, has always been his problem. He was never really an accurate thrower. Uh, so he threw behind players. He floated the ball a little bit. It, it was not a great tryout. And then you, you, you sit back and you add all the other garbage that he's doing. And teams are not interested in this. But here's the coup de gras. Here's the big moment. Listen to this. And I want you to think about what he says. As if, what if you did this in your next job interview? Listen to this. Work you do for the people and telling the truth. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth. Stop running from the people. We're out here. We're ready to play. We're ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team. I'll interview with any team at any time. I've been ready. I'm staying ready. And I'll continue to be ready. And to all the people that came out here today to support, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. To the people that aren't here, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you supporting from where you are. We'll continue to give you updates as we hear. We'll be waiting to hear from Roger Goodell, the NFL, the 32 teams. We'll let you know if we hear from them. Ball's in their court. We're ready to go. Have you ever heard someone who is so self-important? He thinks everyone's going to be waiting. Running away from the truth. The NFL is running away from the truth. Running away from the people. What What truth are they? Th is he talking about? What people are they running away from? I don't think he's got a lot of support. 
I don't care if Nike gave him 35 million. But can you imagine talking to your boss this way or talking to your potential boss like this? Well, don't run away from me. Don't run away from the truth. You need to have me hired. What happened if I walked up to my boss tomorrow? No, don't run away from me. That's one. Two, I used to be a huge Colin Kaepernick fan. I used to be a huge fan. I had him on my fantasy team for two years. Okay? He never spoke like that before. Maybe he's trying to buy some street cred or whatever, but he actually speaks very well. He actually spoke very well. He sounds like a thug. He's got an accent. He's got a... This this is a man who is completely changed. He's completely changed. He's not the same human being who got drafted in the NFL before. Oh, yeah, by the way, he's not getting drafted either. He's not getting drafted now. There, there is nobody who will take... He's a third-string quarterback at best. And that leads us to our third point. You know, here's a newsflash. He was never a good quarterback. He would float passes. He would get his progressions wrong. Or he wouldn't wait for his progressions because he was panicking. He wasn't very accurate in his throwing. I understand everyone likes to say, well, I mean, his last year he had 18 touchdowns and three interceptions. He's good enough to play in the NFL. What they seem to forget is he also had six fumbles. So he didn't have 18 and two, 18 and three. Or was it six or eight fumbles? He, he was actually, he had a bunch of turnovers. He was not the great player he was. He was second string on the San Francisco 49ers. And that's when he decided to start with this, I'm going to kneel during the national anthem garbage because he wasn't getting any attention. Does it look like he's changed at all? Does it look like he's ready to come back into the NFL with a lot less ego and, and ready to go and ready to play football? This is all a marketing ploy. He will sign another, I don't know, however million dollar contract with Nike or whoever. He's looking to be a martyr. That's what he's doing. And everyone sees it. So, um, you know, he had his shot. He, he had a shot. He could have uh, been in the NFL again. And somebody would have taken him. If he had just sat back and been a little bit more self-disciplined, someone would have taken him because they would have, that football team would have wanted the uh, publicity. But no, he acted like an ass. No team is going to take him. Those 11 teams probably couldn't find the exit fast enough. As a matter of fact, everyone they talked to, had said the same thing. No, no, no. It was not a good tryout. He was throwing behind the receivers, even though these are uncovered receivers. He just, he just, just disgusted everybody who was there. He ain't getting drafted. He doesn't want to get drafted. And he wants to be able to sit on the bully pulpit and scream how he's a martyr. I mean, he walked onto the football field in a t-shirt that said Kunta Kinte. You know who Kunta Kinte is? Roots. It's the main character, the main slave in Roots. 
Last I checked, Kunta Kinte wasn't earning $35 million from Nike for just saying he likes his shoe, doing one commercial. This guy is worth tens of millions of dollars. And everyone, and he's still considering himself a slave. It's stupid. It's it's all stupid. I You know, it, it's so hard to watch a man who's 31, 32 years old throw his career away. I mean, he wasn't going to have much of a career. The guy would have been cut. He just wasn't a very good quarterback. And I know everyone thinks, oh, well, it's because he's black. No, he's, first off, he's not completely black. He's half black. But just because he's trying to make himself into some sort of victim, he's not. And you're talking to a guy who was a huge fan. I thought the guy was fantastic. And then he started doing this weird stuff to get attention. Ugh. Well, anyway, um, Wednesday is going to be an important day. And we're going to talk about Wednesday. Uh, might do a whole podcast for it. Um, I'll give you a little hint. Rodney Reed. Type it up. This is going to be a big one. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download uh, or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. Uh, you can visit my website where I have some show notes and complete videos at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I'd appreciate a sub- if you'd subscribe, uh, rate, and comment. I will answer the comments. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbass Talking Politics. Thank you.